Praise God for that. It's just good to be back into the house of the Lord. As we often say so many times, there's an anointing that's in the house of God that's not in our houses. Amen. And so when God's people get together, amen, it's just a good thing. Amen. Hallelujah. We just appreciate the Lord. And I'm always excited about what God is doing and what he's going to do. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles with you, you're going to ask that you stand with me and those that are able as we read our scripture here. Today we'll be coming from Mark, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 35. That's Mark chapter four, beginning at verse 35. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Find it, say amen. Amen. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, sleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? that even the wind and the sea obey him. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Praise God as we bless the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this appointed time to declare your word. And Father, we speak that the word will go forth unhindered, that the word will fall on good soil and it will take root and bring forth the fruit that you desire in the name of Jesus. And we declare that the enemy shall not steal that which you sin, but it will remain for your glory and bring forth your fruit. We declare that it is so and give thee all the glory and the honor in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. As I was uh, meditating before the Lord and, and finding out what he wanted me to share this particular passage of scripture came to mind here. And as I began to read, it's a very familiar passage of scripture and we've heard it read so many times, but it carries a lot of pointers out of this message, because, as you know, the Lord sometimes uses me to pull principles out of the word of God that will bring light on the word to help us understand what he's trying to do. It's not just about a story, but it's about what we can receive from this word that will help us as we march along this journey. Amen. And for a topic, praise God, what dropped in my spirit was to remember Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. Remember, Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. Now, as we begin to read this story here, Jesus had just been finished ministering to a large crowd there. And as he finished the ministering, he was pretty much tired. But he talked to the disciples and he and he spoke to them after finished men, uh, ministering and the folk were going about their way. He told the disciples, he says, let us go over to the other side. And so they took and let Jesus get onto the boat. And it says that he went down in the um, lower part or whatever. 
where he could take a nap. In other words, Jesus was letting them know his physical side as well as the spiritual side because he had been ministering and he was tired and he went down in the lower parts and he took a little spot where he was at and he went to sleep. Well, the, the boat, it said that other boats went with him. And I guess if you think about it, when Jesus had finished ministering to the large crowds that he had just finished ministering to, and he said he's going over to the other side, you know, some folks said, well, we're going to be on the other side when he get there, too, to hear what he's got going on. Because you know how it is when you're in a good service and you got a good word and you find out where the next one is, that's where you're heading up to. Amen. Because you're enjoying what you're getting ready to do. But the disciples here forgot that Jesus was the one that said, let us go to the other side. And so as he went down to, to take his nap, Jesus didn't have no doubt that we were going to the other side. But as the scripture began to say that there were some other boats around about them and those boats decided they were going to travel and go to the other side as well. Now, remember, these disciples were used to being out in the water and on the ocean because their background, a lot of them was fishermen. So they had to be on the deep sea and they were used to the water. But this particular place where they were leaving from and heading to, it says that on one side it was the mountains and on the other side it was hills. And because this uh, lake, uh, uh, water, a body of water was surrounded and it was low and it was surrounded by mountains on one side and the hills on the other side. They saying that it was not unusual that sometimes the wind would begin to get boisterous as they were trying to journey to the other side. Because what happened is they down low in the valley and all you if, if you've been on the mountains before, you know, the higher you go up sometime that air gets to staring and it gets cooler and cooler as you going up the higher you go. Well, what happened is that they begin to go, the wind began to, to rise up. But the interesting thing was is it didn't happen until after they kind of had gotten out there a good ways, you know. In other words, after they had left the shore where they were, got out there into the to the middle of the water and, and making their way to the other side, as they had gotten out there and the other boats that was traveling along with them was coming along as well, that's when the storm began to rise. And as I began to look at that, the Lord began to just begin to minister to my spirit. And he began to bring to my mind. He began to like say, son, your storm don't really start until you decide you're going to make a commitment to me. When you make the commitment to me to do what I ask you to do, then that's when your storm is going to really start because the storm is coming to test whether you believe what you say you believe or not. In other words, the storm is going to come not because it's coming to destroy you, but the storm is coming to let you know where you stand in your walk. Let you know where you stand in your faith. Because see, sometimes we have been around and we have received so much word, we can almost quote it. And some folk can quote it, you know, verbatim and give you the chapter and the verse. Now, I can't quote all these verses verbatim and all that, but I know where it is and know how to go find it, where I can read it when I need it. Amen? But as God began to minister with me, he said, once you get out there, once you make up your mind and you're focused and you've got a destination that you're heading to, that's when your storm is going to start. Because when you think about it and you look at this whole thing, we have been in a battle from day one. Satan is on his job to stop you from going with the Lord. 
The Lord is trying to help you defeat Satan so you can come to his kingdom. Praise God. Both parties are, are seeking for souls that's going to be eternal. Satan wants you eternal in hell and the Lord wants you eternal with him because God made us after his own image. Praise God. And he gave us that right. But he paid the price so that we could be a part of his family eternally. But he let us have that decision on whether we was going to receive and accept him by faith. And he began to remind me just as this boat in the natural started out and they started to sail across the sea. The storm did not start until they got out there in the middle. They got out there in the midst of it. And then that's when the winds begin to roar. They said that the wind got so boisterous. And when you think about it, now you down low, you got the mountains on one side, you got the hills on the other side. And now you got this wind that's trying to go back and forth. Well, the hills is blocking it on one side. The mountains is blocking it on another side. So all the wind is doing is crisscrossing, which has made the waters become turbulent. And as the water become turbulent, you know the boat begin to rock. Because if anybody ever been on a, a, a cruise ship or whatever and let a storm come up while you're on that cruise, I don't care how big that ship is, you're going to start rocking. And you're going to feel it, you know. So that's just the way it worked. And that is what began to happen. But again, these men were fishermen, so they were used to being out on the water. But apparently this storm was a little more turbulent than what they were used to. And it said that the wind began to, to rock that ship, the water began to come over into the ship. And it says it was already starting to fill up. Jesus down there asleep. They up there trying to fight this thing and figure out what they're going to do and in a panic mode. Well, as they began to just fight, trying to figure it up, they went down there and said, we got to wake him up. And they wake up, Jesus, and said, teacher, you know, in some versions said, master, don't you care that we're about to perish up here? The storm is coming up and the water is coming into the ship and it's about to fill up. We're going to drown, you know. In other words, they was in a panic mode. You down there sleeping. All this turbulence is going on. But you know why? Jesus already said, let's go to the other side. And when Jesus spoke, what this word is trying to show us is that when Jesus speaks something to us, it's just as good as done. Amen. Jesus didn't have to panic. And that's why he brought to my mind, he says, let the folk know that they got to remember what Jesus said. It was Jesus that said, let's go to the other side. Amen. And if Jesus said, let's go to the other side and he's on the ship with you, you think the ship going down and he there with you? It can rock, roll, do whatever it want to do. It ain't going down because the master's on the ship. But they forgot that he was on the ship. Now, that's just like us. Sometimes we belong to the Lord, been with him for a while praising him, all excited. Then when something hit our life, the storm hits us and the winds begin to blow. And it looked like because we don't see the way out, we forget that he says, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. You see, we begin to forget then. And then we begin to panic. And then we ready to start calling out and hollering like he ain't on board. Well, remember, when you belong to him, he on the inside of you, just like he was in that ship with them. He's on the inside. And so for you to go down, he got to go down. And when you belong to him, you got to remember he's with me. And if he's with me, you say, OK, Lord, we in this thing together. 
I'm still keeping focus because I'm doing what you asked me to do. I'm standing on your word. I'm declaring the praises in the midst of the storm. And I'm going to continue to do that. I'm not going to let this thing set me off course because it's not flowing the way I want it to flow. Mo, no, you said this is what I can do and I'm walking according to your word and because I'm walking according to your word, then that means in order for me to be defeated, your word has got to go back to you, Lord. And I understand that you said in your scripture that the word that you send forth would not return unto you, Lord, but that it will accomplish what it has sent to do. So they started this journey to go to the other side at the word that Jesus spoke to them because he was the one said, let us go to the other side. And since he said, let us go to the other side, that meant I'm going to the other side with you. We are going together. So what we are faced with today the storm that's going on in our lives, Jesus is with us through that storm, and he wants us to remember what his word is saying. Yes. That's so true. And when we remember what his word is saying, it takes our eyes off of the storm and begin to focus and say, wait a minute, the master is here with me. We're going to get through this storm. See, when they remember what Jesus said, if they could have just remembered that, they would have known that they'd have been able to get to the other side, that they were not going to go down. But see, this is a, is a tactic that the enemy uses, because as I shared with you earlier, your storm is not really going to start until you get serious and you make your commitment to the Lord and you're trying to press forward. And if you just think about it in your own life, in your own individual situations, it's at the point in time that you got serious with the Lord and said, I'm going to start doing this. And when that happened, it seemed like everything did a 360 turned the opposite way. Because Satan had to bring strategies. See, this is something that we fail to realize so many times. Satan ain't got no need to really do a whole lot of messing with you when you're already with him. He's working on the ones that he don't have. Because if he already got you on his side, he ain't got to bother you right now. He already know where you're going. He's after the ones that's left him and he's trying to get them back. And so when they make up their mind that they're going to move forward in order to try to do that, distractions and discouragement is some of the biggest weapons that he uses. So he'll set your children against you. He'll set family members against you. He'll set those that you thought was really the closest friends to you. You will misinterpret something that they say to you or you will misinterpret their action and thinking that they meant one thing and it won't nothing of it. He blow it out of proportion so you can focus and get that negativity and get upset because then you're going to deal with the issue. You're going to deal with the storm and you've set him on the side. Can't set him on the side. What happens is when you made your mind up, Satan was trying to turn you back around. That's why the storm came in your life. But see what the word has told us, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But he says, I deliver you out of them all. That's what we forget sometimes when the afflictions come. Because see, when the affliction comes, what Satan does is he speaks to your mind and he tells you that this affliction is coming because you messed up the other day. This affliction is coming because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. But what he doesn't let you understand or what he hopes you forget is this is a faith walk. That the Lord paid the price for my salvation because he knew that I couldn't do it. But he asked me and he says that if I would believe in the work that he done, 
then I could receive my salvation. And so by I receiving him by faith, then I'm belonging to him regardless of whatever else is going around me. I'm part of this family because this thing is a faith walk. It says that if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, then I shall be saved because I believed in the word. So see, the enemy is trying to make you base your salvation on your works and your actions. And so therefore, when something negative comes up, you say, oh, Lord, I know I didn't pray like I should have done this week. And I did this and I did that. The guilt start riding in. And when the guilt roll in, come to your mind. You start feeling sorry and you move over into your pity party. As long as you're in your pity party, Satan going to whip you. Because that's his specialty is in the emotions and in the feeling. But if you can set those emotions and the feelings to the side and begin to allow faith to kick in by remembering what the Lord said, okay? When you remember what the word says and begin to move with the word, then you're going to see a difference because what happens then is faith kicks in because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so as you begin to hear the word, it begins to change your faith. And instead of you looking at the situation and at the storm, you begin to look at the word. And because you're looking at the word, praise God, then you are able to move forward because now your spirit man has gained some strength because the word of God brought nourishment and reconnected, which caused that energy to come forward. And you say, wait a minute, Satan, you lie. I am going to be able to do this because the word says I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. The word lets me know that you're going to bring me out. No, it's not in and of myself because in and of myself, I can do nothing. But through Christ, I can do all things. And then you can begin to press forward and begin to say, OK, Lord, let me see which way you're going to navigate. We just going to weather this storm together. And you begin to praise the Lord and you begin to say, thank you, God, for being here with me. Thank you for guiding me through this situation. Amen? Amen. That's why he wanted us to remember what was it that Jesus said. And see, when we do that, it keeps us on course. Praise God. And so as Jesus woke up and dealt with the situation, he come up and he spoke to the wind and said, peace, be still. Yes. Now in the midst of that raging storm, it said he woke up out of his sleep the ship is rocking. The wind is blowing. Water is coming into the ship. They panicking, hollering. You don't care that we about to perish out here. We getting ready to drown. You sleep. Can you save us? And all he says is, peace, be still. In the midst of the storm, he said, peace, be still. All calm, but yet with authority. And when he spoke that word, peace, be still, it says that the wind ceased and the storm stopped. The disciples looking, saying, who is this? At his word, the wind ceased and the storm stops. Everything is back calm again. What is that saying? They had Jesus with them and still didn't recognize who he was. We have him with us and we fail to realize the power that lies within. Jesus took care of the situation, but what he after taking care of the situation, he wanted to know how is it that you couldn't have no faith? They just finished seeing him minister to all those thousands on the other side of the lake. 
and now they was leaving that side to go to the other side. He just done all of those miracles and the healings and everything and fed all the folk, and now he's moving to the other side, and this storm rolls up while they're going to the next destination, and it's like they done forgot everything that he has done. What is that saying to us? Sometimes we forget all of the things that the Lord has brought us through because we get so caught up with what's going on at the present. What's going on at the present really is irrelevant if we can just reflect on what he's already done. That's enough to say if he done it before, he can do it now. That's enough to get us back on course. And that's what he wanted these disciples to understand. He wasn't just performing all of that stuff just for to be doing something. He was doing that so that they would understand the reality of who he was, but also understand that they were his disciples and that they were able to do what he was doing if they would just exercise the faith. But then they looking at each other and say, who is this? What kind of man is this? In other words, they didn't understand that he was the Savior in a sense. They seen what he had done, but then again, they saw him doing it for everybody else. But now that they had a need, they didn't know he was going to do it for them. The same thing happens with us in the body of Christ. We see the Lord doing stuff for other folk and we get excited and, and say, Lord, bless them and done that. And then when we got to deal with it, we forget that he can do it for us, too. But it is easier, and I, and I admit it, so I'm not knocking it. It is easier to believe the Lord to do something for somebody else than it is to believe him to do it for you when you're in need. That's just easier. I'm just telling it like it is. It's easier to believe for somebody else than when you got to believe for yourself. But you know what? That's why the word says that we are to come together and, not, and forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Because you know what? In that time when I'm having a hard time believing for myself, I got you right there to help me believe. And because you lock in with me and going to help me, that's going to get me there while I'm in my moment of trying to get there. See, we want another. He didn't give it all to nobody. He gave you some. He gave me some. He gave everybody some. And when we take all of what we got and bring it together, we got what we need. Now all we got to do is exercise everything that we've been given. And when we do that, then we will see the results and be able to make it to the other side. Remember that Jesus said, let us go to the other side. Let us cross over. We must remember Jesus giving us his word. We've got to remember, use his word, but understand for us today, he's on the inside of us. He's a spirit that lives and dwells on the inside. So he's with us wherever we go. Even when we're messing up, he's still on the inside. Because he's already letting us know, all right, now you're going the wrong way. You need to stop. But, he, you know, because he gives you that free will, you won't be hard-headed. He's going to let you go right on. But he ain't left you. He's still there. Because he's trying to say, don't go that direction. Come back here. And so as we can remember his word, that'll keep us on point and not let the storm deter us because the storm is designed by the enemy to try to bring you off course to keep you from getting to your destination. But because Jesus has already spoke and said we was going to the other side, 
all he was saying to the disciples is, y'all need to remember, I said we were going to the other side. So you, the ship can't go down. It can rock. It can do what it want to do, but it ain't going nowhere. Because I'm on this ship, and it's going to get to the other side. Because I have authority over the wind, the storm, and everything else. And because you're connected to me, you have that authority too. And so we have got to use God's word in order to move forward to do what we've got to do and not focus so much on the storm. But know that you're going to get through the storm because the word is what's going to maneuver us through that storm because his word is not going back to him void. And seeing that's where the faith side kicks in because when the faith side kicks in, it don't deal with how you feel. It don't deal with how you think. It deals with the fact is this is what the word is. And you already know I belong to him. No, I may not be where I'm supposed to be, but I'm still his. And because I'm still his and I believe what his word says, then that word is what's going to navigate and get me through. We must remember that as Jesus said, let us cross over. That is what the Lord is saying to us this morning with this word, because if you can get that principle, even though this was a very familiar passage of scripture, if we can understand it's what Jesus said that we're walking by. And as a result of that, we'll be able to weather the storm. It's not going to take you out. So that that you're faced with, it may seem difficult, but the word says there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Absolutely nothing. Amen. Praise God. We thank God for his word. Remember, Jesus said, let us cross over. Amen. Hallelujah.